15, 9 through 17. If anyone want to follow along, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you these things I command you that you love one another. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. Good morning, church. It's great to see each and every one of you here today, especially if you're visiting. We'd like to ask that you will stay around a few minutes after our services so that we might get to know you better. And thank you uh, for being with us today. It's interesting that one of the things that I want to talk about... um, relates to the World Series, or at least the way I want to introduce this lesson today. You know, you have the Boston Red Sox and the Los Angeles Dodgers playing in a great series. But I want your minds to go back many, many years ago to a former Dodger, Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson, you see, was the first black man to play Major League Baseball. He broke the color barrier. And in so doing, he was faced tremendous, tremendous ridicule and humiliation. On one particular game, playing in his home stadium, he made a mistake, made an error at second base. The crowd began to ridicule him and taunt him. And as he stood there on second base, humiliated, Pee Wee Reese walks over to him and puts his arm around him. Pee-wee was the shortstop. Puts him, his arm around Jackie. And the crowd became quiet. And Jackie Robinson said that on that day, that arm around him likely saved his career. That's a friend, isn't it? A British publication uh, had a contest to, uh, for people to write in and to give their definition of a friend. And who, whatever the best definition was would win. And there were some definitions like this. A friend is one who multiplies joys, divides grief, and whose honesty is inviolable. 
One who understands our silence was one. Another said, a volume of sympathy bound in a cloth. Another one wrote in and said, a watch that beats true for all time and never runs down. But the winning definition was this. A friend is one who comes in when the world has gone out. The word friend in the Greek actually means a friend at court. It has with it the idea of the inner circle of a king or an emperor. In John chapter 3 and verse 29, it had the idea of the best man at a wedding. Now we all have in our minds what a friend is and what a friend does and what it means to be a friend. But what does it mean to be a friend like Jesus? You see, Jesus was a friend to those who believed in Him and followed Him. And so this morning, I want us to think about what it takes to be a friend like Jesus. And I have to admit to you, there's some tough stuff right here in John 15. There's some stuff that when we really look at it, can hit us in the face. And so I want you to know the things that we talk about this morning are are not meant to condemn, they're meant to challenge us. They're meant to challenge us to to set the highest standard. As we listen to uh, sports uh, coaches and writers and commentators, they always talk about a standard. And for the Christian, the standard is Jesus. And sometimes it's hard to make that standard, isn't it? But you see, that's what Jesus calls His friends and His followers to do. To meet that standard. So what does it take to be a friend like Jesus? I think first of all, to be a friend like Jesus, to be a friend to Jesus, and be a friend like Jesus, we must love like Jesus. In John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus had given them, His disciples, this new command. That you love one another as I have loved you. And then in verse 35, He said this, All will know that you are My disciples if you love one another. Now isn't it interesting that Jesus didn't say, If people see you walk into a synagogue, they'll know you're My disciples. If people see you walk into the temple, they'll know you're My disciples. If people see you walk in a church building, they'll know you're my disciples. If people know you're a member down at that church, they'll know you're my disciples. He said, this is how people will know you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. And isn't it interesting that Jesus gives this new command after he has bent down and washed the disciples' feet? He took the form of a servant and He washed the disciples' feet and then He goes on and He says, this is my command to you and this is how people will know you are my disciples. And He says in the reading, you abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. Just like I've kept my Father's commandments and I abide in His love. And we talked about that remaining, connecting in Jesus. But wait a minute. How how can Jesus command us to love one another? Can, Can we be commanded to truly love someone? 
You, you see, Christian love is different from the way the world and our culture says love is. You know, you see the movies, especially at Christmas time, it's all about falling in love and this feeling that I have for this person, and man, this is great. But you see, what's wrong with the feeling? You see, if we base everything on a feeling, what's wrong with a feeling? Because feelings change, right? Feelings change. Feelings come and go. And so Jesus reminds us that Christian love is not just about a feeling. Someone has said, Christian love is the act of the will. It's the act of the will. One person said this, the proof of our love is not in our feelings, but it's in our actions. Even to the extent of laying down our lives for Christ and for one another. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. As we look at the book of 1 John, I want to begin in verse 14. First John chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. We know that we have passed from death to life. Because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from me, from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are, in, we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Look over at chapter 4. Chapter 4, you see, Christ demonstrated His love. Not only did Christ say He loved, He demonstrated His love, and He's called you and I as His followers, His friends, if we want to be like Jesus, to put it into action. Look at what He says in chapter 4. Chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. But let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God was sent, God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He first loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that while we, uh, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so we are in this world. Wait a minute. As He is, so we are in this world. 
There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Well, that's tough, isn't it? It's tough, yet that's what Jesus, our friend, our Savior, the Son of God, has called us to do. It's been my experience, when you get a group of people together, working together, that there's going to be issues, isn't there? Perhaps it's very much likely this very morning, as all of us sit in this very room, that there could be someone on one side of this room having a struggle or a problem with someone on the other side of this room. And Jesus is calling His disciples, His followers, and then that command is passed down to us to be people of action. To love as He has loved. You see, the world says, now wait a minute. You say something about me? And you talk about me? Oh, watch out. Because I'm going to talk about you. Let me run you in the ground. Let me tell all of my friends about you. And what did Jesus do? He bent down and he washed feet. Oh, but that's Jesus. Everybody loved Jesus. What was Judas about to do? Oh, everybody loves Judas, Jesus. What is Peter about to do? And He calls us to action. He calls us to love as He is loved. You see, Jesus knows that when He leaves, that when He shows that ultimate full extent of His love on the cross, that those disciples, they're going to feel alone. Jesus knows that there's going to come a time when they're going to be ripped apart, when Satan is going to get right in there and try to stir them up. Oh, wait a minute, what has he been doing? Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest, guys? I mean, it must be me. And Jesus says, the greatest is the one who can love like me. You see, that's our challenge. If we're going to call ourselves Christians and we're going to call ourselves followers of Christ, then we have to be willing. And folks, it's tough. Uh, Paul says, listen, the flesh and the Spirit, you become a child of God, the flesh and the Spirit, they're contrary to one another. They're fighting one another. i got to decide 
Who am I yielding to? Who am I walking with? Am I walking with the flesh or am I walking with the Spirit? You see, that makes all the difference. You see, where does this kind of love come from? This kind of love comes from the very heart of God. For isn't that what God did when He put Jesus on the cross? He said, I love you this much, even though you spit in my face. I love you this much, even though you beat my son. There's an old Irish saying that goes like this. To love above with the saints we love, or or to live above with the saints we love, ah, that will be glory. But to live below with the saints we know, ah, that's another story. You see, it's easy to say, I love God, and I love others. But you see, to put that in practice, even when it's difficult, ah, Now that might be another story. So today, it's our challenge. As we sit here in this room, do you have a struggle with a brother and sister in Christ? Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. Put that love into action. You want to be a friend of the King? You want to be a friend like the King? You see, it takes us loving like the King. You want to be a friend like the King? This is what it takes. It takes us obeying His commands. You see, the friendship with Christ, it demands love and it demands obedience. Friendship with Christ, it also allows us to gain knowledge. Knowledge of Jesus the King. Knowledge of God the Father, the vine dresser, He would say. And you see, He treats us as friends if we obey His commands. Isn't that what the Bible says about Abraham? Abraham was considered a friend of God. Why? Because he did what God asked. Genesis chapter 18 and verse 19. But James chapter 4 and verse 4, the Bible says, If we have friendship with the world, then we have enmity or we experience enmity with God. What is enmity? Enmity is hatred and hostility. But I love you, God. Dr. Oswell Sanders said, Each of us is as close to God as we choose to be. Let that soak in for a minute. Each of us is as close to God as we choose to be. Ever been going with some, going through something and say, Where, Where's God? God, where are you? I'm going through all this mess. Where are you? Maybe, maybe I'm the one that's moved. Maybe I'm the one that's pulled away from God by following the distractions of the world. You see, we're His friends. Therefore, we should stay close to the throne. We should want to share in that intimacy with the King we should want to be listening to His Word and we should want to be obeying His commands. John, 15, John 14 and verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. 
Jesus said in John 15 and verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. And then verse 12, He says, This is my command, that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus calls His friends, those disciples then and those of us who believe and follow today, to action. And guess what? We want people to know who we are. It's not just about opening our building. It's not just about doing the good things in the community. Those are good, but Jesus said it's about when they know how we feel about one another. And they say, now wait a minute. Didn't He do this to you? Yes, He did. But I'm working to forgive Him. Because I'm love, I love Him. You see, love, Christian love has nothing to do with what you can do for me. Or what you've done to me. But Christian love has everything about what Jesus has done for me. And folks, that makes all the difference. In the foyer, I've... Uh, I came across a list of about 50 commands of Christ. Now, they'll be on blue sheets out in the foyer, and we don't have time to look at all this. So I, I just made copies so that you can take and look at those and study those. And this is not exhaustive, but it gives us an idea. But as we look at, think about all those commandments of Jesus, because Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. What are all those commandments? Those are 50 of them. But what's the most important thing? Matthew chapter 22. It's also found in Mark chapter 12. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. To love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And Jesus would sum it up here in John 15. Several times, by the way. What's the new commandment? What's the greatest commandment? To love one another as I have loved you. You see, if this is the greatest, if this is the greatest commandment, here's the challenge for me. First, I don't stand here thinking I have it all together. Here's the challenge for me and for you. How am I doing? How am I doing? Oh, boy, thoughts run through my mind and I can think about Man, those people that are kind to me, oh, I love them. But the ones that are difficult, hmm, how am I doing? You see, that's where the true evidence of love, like the king, comes out. So how do we become friends like the king? We have to love like the king. We have to obey the king's commandments. And then Jesus would tell us we have to bear fruit for the king. Remember, bearing fruit means growth. It means multiplying. Uh, being a friend of the king and being a friend like the king, it means that I'm growing, I'm seeking to grow, and guess what? I'm helping others grow as well. Someone shared these powerful words. As branches... We share His life and bear fruit. And as friends, we share His love and bear fruit. As branches, we are pruned by the Father. As friends, we are instructed by the Son. And His Word 
controls our life. And so I have to ask myself the question, what's controlling my life? Is it me? Because probably most of us, in some aspect, like to be in control. And there are some things we need to control. Control our temper, be self-controlled, those kind of things. But how do, where does all that come from? How does it begin? It begins when I allow Christ and His Word to control me. Galatians chapter 5. You see, evidence of true discipleship and true friendship is in fruit. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 20, Therefore, by their fruit, hello, by their fruit, you will know them. Now, he's also talking about false prophets. But if we'll know false prophets by their fruit, how will people know Christians? By their fruit. By their love for one another. That love in action. Someone said this, Where there is true fruit, it remains. Man-made results eventually disappear. Do you remember in Acts chapter 5, turn to your Bibles if you will, Acts chapter 5, do you remember the, the advice that Gamaliel, the Jewish leader, gave to the other Jewish leaders when they were wanting to arrest and kill some of the disciples of Jesus for teaching Jesus? Do you remember the advice that Gamaliel gave? Here it is. Acts chapter 5 verse 38. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if you, if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be bound to fight against God. And they agreed with him, and when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. You see, spiritual fruit has seed that continues to produce. And so if we want to be a great church, I'm not saying that it's not about the things that we're doing. It is. That's part of it. But if we just plan on the things that we come up with and we want to do, then sometimes those things might not accomplish the goal. Gamaliel said, listen, if this is of God, we can't fight against it. And so when we pull together and we focus on God and we love God and then in turn we love one another despite how we might feel about one another, feelings change, remember, they come and go. Oh, I wonder if that means if... Uh, if I learn to love like Jesus, even those people that are difficult, maybe, maybe I'll begin to have a feeling of love for them. You see, Jesus says, listen, I've chosen you as my ambassadors. That's what He told the disciples. You see, as the friends of Jesus, we are His ambassadors to tell people about the King. But listen, you've heard the phrase... Tell people about Jesus and if necessary, use words. Hello? What did Jesus say? And they'll know you are my disciples by how you show love for one another. 
We are to tell others about the King, show others about the King and the love of the King and the salvation of the King. Jesus said in John or Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save which that, that which was lost. That was His mission. In Matthew chapter 28, you remember what he told those apostles? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As friends of the King, as ambassadors of the King, our mission needs to be His mission. And his mission was to seek and save that which was lost. And how did he do it? He loved people. He had compassion on people. And he called those who would not listen and would not follow to a higher standard. But you see, that's not it. Uh, That's not all. It goes beyond that. Yes, we need to tell people about Jesus. But you know, the Bible says that as we grow in holiness and obedience, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6 and verse 22, but now having been set free from sin, become a child of God, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. As we give, as we take up contribution, as we give of our money, as we give of our time, as we give of ourselves, that's bearing fruit. Paul talked about that in Romans 15. You remember in 1 Corinthians 16 where he told the church, he said, lay by in store as you've been prospered so that when I come there, there doesn't need to be a collection. So you give. That's, that's fruit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1-7, through 7, I love that story. You know, that's where Paul tells about uh, the Macedonians. That in their poverty they gave to the work. And he said this, and he said, they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us. Maybe part of bearing fruit, even when I deal with a difficult brother or sister, it's going to God and saying, God, help me. I want to be like you. Paul mentioned in Galatians chapter 5 the fruit of the Spirit. That this is the kind of Christian character that glorifies God and make Christ real to others. Even our good works and our service are evidence of fruit. As we come together this morning, and not just this morning, but all times, as we give our praise to God from our hearts and through our lips, that is bearing fruit. Maybe you got up this morning and you say, you know what, we need to go to church. That's what we do. We go to church, right? I mean, this is America. We go to church. And then we leave and we go about our daily lives. And the Bible says, listen, part of worshiping, that's bearing fruit. So we don't come here just to sit on a pew and just to check a box and just to say, hey, I did it. I'm a Christian. You see, we come because it's a part of bearing fruit. And Jesus says, you're my friends. If you want to be my friends, love like me. Obey my commands and bear fruit. Jesus closes out this part of his conversation with the disciples. Reminding them and reminding you and I. The most important command is to love 
one another. Let me share this with you and then the lesson will be yours. Someone said, the friends of the king must not only love him, but must also love one another. What joy it brings his heart when he sees his friends loving one another and working together to obey his commands. If we are not abiding as branches and obeying as friends, we will never be able to face the opposition of the world. If we do not love one another, how can we ever hope to love lost men and women in the world? If we are not marching together, listen to him. If we are not marching together as the friends of the King, we will never present a united front to the enemy. The enemy's real. And what does the enemy want? The enemy wants them old Christians down there at Savannah Church of Christ. to be arguing and fussing and fighting. You see, that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants those Christians down at Savannah Church of Christ to rip one another apart because I don't like this and I don't like that and I don't like how you dress and I don't like how you dress. And Jesus says, disciples, if you want to be like me, you got to love one another as I have loved you. Will you be a friend like Jesus? As together we stand and sing.